Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. I want to talk a little bit today about, I guess it's going to fall into the category of faith. Um, I once, uh, when I was living at home, uh, it's been a long time ago, I guess I was a teenager, there was a book, What is Faith? And uh, it was by the Church of God. Uh, and um, I don't know, I read it as a, as a young young man and I, I couldn't, you know, it was a good book, but it was something that I still lacking in the area of understanding what faith is. And I heard, I heard Ron Dart say the same thing, that uh, referring to this booklet that, you know, he, uh, before the author always nailed each point down and it made perfect sense. But with this booklet, it seemed like something was, was lacking. You know, what is faith? And uh, now the Bible tells us to a large degree, what is faith? Hebrews 8, 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But even at that, you know, you still, <laughs> we can still, you know, struggle in the area of, okay, exactly what is faith. Another translation, the New Revived Standard Version, I believe, says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay. So I did a search uh, on the internet. I, I did a search. I just typed in that verse, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And I wanted to see what other people said and uh, get their opinion. Well, one person said, what the writer means is not faith for personal ambition, not positive thinking, nor optimism, but faith in the promises of God as revealed in the Bible. And I thought, well, that's, that's, that's a pretty good definition of faith. Another, another comment was, the basic definition of faith, according to the Bible, is simply believing in God's goodness and believing that he rewards the people who seek after him. I thought, well, okay, I can, I can grasp that. Another person put, faith does not involve moral virtue. And I thought, wait a minute. I don't, I don't agree with that because of what James said, faith without works is dead. So I, I think... You know, what you do, where the rubber meets the road, you know, takes faith. And anyway, and then you have what Christ said about faith. Matthew 21 and verse 21. Matthew 21 and verse 21. This is after I think he had cursed a fig tree. He said, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith, if you have faith, big if, <laughs> and doubt not. You shall not only do which is done to this fig tree, but also uh, if you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you at, shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And I thought, man, that, 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 that's, uh, that's powerful. The subject of faith. You know, I was corresponding with a man that... that wrote me a letter and he said that he had in his letter, this is what he said he had done, he had, it was a dead tree with bark falling off of it and said he had asked God to bring it back to life. And said a couple days later it was budding out. You know, now I'm very cynical as, as I'm as a, and I'm thinking, well why? The question is, well why? Why, why, would, why would you do, what's the purpose of that? healing a tree, uh, bringing a tree back to life. But maybe on the other hand, it was simply for to encourage his own faith. 
So, you know, I would if, if I did it, I'd still ask why. <laughs> How does this change the world? Healing a tree. Uh, what, what? It could feed people. Feed people, yeah. Yeah, it could. Yeah. The fruit tree. If it was a fruit, fruit tree, yeah. But anyway, I want to talk about, shift to another area here, one element of faith. One element of faith that may help you. <clears throat> now, there are many elements of faith. Like faith without, without works is dead. And uh, believing. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. That's another element of faith. We could go through a list of elements of faith. But the element I want to talk about today is, and this involves faith, and I think you'll be able to tie it in once I finish, is to fire your thought interpreter. To fire, you're fired, your thought interpreter. Now, I, I got this idea from watching a, a guy called Mark DeJesus. That's D-E and then Jesus, you know, Mark DeJesus. And he's very good, uh, Mark DeJesus.com. And he was talking about this very subject. So some of this material I'll be sharing from him. But when I talk about to fire your thought interpreter, how your mind interprets your thoughts is what I'm talking about. Now, uh, <clears throat> so the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Part of bringing every thought into captive is you may have to fire your interpreter, how you interpret your thoughts. Romans 14, verse 23. And he that is doubteth is damned if he eats, because he eats not of faith. And here's, here's what I wanted to get to. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Wow, what a verse. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now I can guarantee you this next statement. Often, how we interpret our thoughts is absolutely capital N-O-T, not of faith. How we interpret our thoughts. Now they say that we, average person has 70,000 thoughts a day that goes through your, your mind. How do you interpret those 70,000 thoughts a day? You know, I think, uh, okay, dreams. I woke up this morning and I was having weird dreams. And, and, uh, but you ever try to interpret that nonsense? You know, it's like, well, dreams have no meaning, but you, you can drive yourself crazy trying to interpret dreams. You know, I, I, I thought, well, I must be going crazy with that crazy dream. Uh, but it's how you interpret your thoughts. Um, body aches, pains. Oh, I felt something in my heart. I felt something in my stomach. You know, how do you interpret those thoughts? My heart is racing. Heartbeat, you know. I, have, I can hear my heart in uh, pulsating, pulsating tinnitus, I think is what it's called. And, you know, I, I'm aware that my heart is beating. And I, I told Teresa, I said, I can hear my heart beat. She said, that's good. So, <laughs> uh, so suppose you could not hear it. <laughs> but you see... How you interpret your thoughts, that's one example. Well, that's a good thing. You hear your heart. Yeah. On the other hand, how I interpret it can be very negative. Something wrong with me. I'm dying. I'm sick. 
And I'm not going to be here much longer. How you interpret your thoughts. Uh, and so that's why I say sometimes we need to fire our thought interpreter. You know, it was roller coaster. Uh, it might have been Dollywood. I forget where that was, but it nearly made me sick. But when those bars come down over your shoulders and it goes click, oh man, I nearly freaked out. I thought, I'm trapped. You know, I am claustrophobic to some degree. And, uh, of course, I told Sandy this story and he said, you know, that's a good thing they have those things that hold you in because <laughs> when you go upside down, you do want to stay in the seat. Uh, so again, how you interpret things, how you interpret things is, is critical. Um, it's not just the thought it's the emotions that you attach to the thoughts. That's, that's where the danger, it's the emotion, you know, like fear, anxiety, uh, uncertainty, or I got to be in control. You know, they say that two of the things that causes anxiety is uncertainty and you want to control things. You got to be, you got to have it in control. So, uh, <clears throat> So you have this interpretation of your thoughts and then you attach this strong emotion with that thought. So how do we interpret our thoughts? You know, it's not where you are, it's how, it's how do you interpret where you are. All right? It's not what you are doing or going through, it's how you interpret what you are going through. How do you interpret that? You know, woe is me, it's all, you know, be very negative, you know. So, firing your interpreter is, Donald Trump said, you're fired. Get rid of it. You're out of here. You know, I have, you know, given sermons, and uh, of course I've given sermons, but uh, <laughs> often I'll write a sermon, I think, I'll look at it, and I think, well, that's pretty good. Then I give it, and then I start just beating myself up afterwards, you know, interpreting my thoughts. That was no good. That was this. That was that, you know. Just on and on and on. And uh, you just you go through this like a struggle there of beating yourself up. Many of our thoughts are interpreted through an interpreter called the inner critic. The inner critic. Let me repeat that. Many of our thoughts are interpreted through an interpreter called the inner critic. Now, you know this. Maybe you're familiar with the inner critic. You need to fire the inner critic. <laughs> okay, it can be very harsh, your inner critic. Very judgmental. Very critical. Performance-based. You know, I've got to perform just right. Uh, perfectionism. You know, perfectionism, it's just wanting to do things right. That's all it is. You know, I, I don't want to get up here and give, give a bad sermon. I want it to be right. But that can lead, you know, perfectionism where you're, you know. It can be very abusive. You can be very abusive on yourself. Mark DeJesus says, and I'm, I'm, I thought it was so powerful, I wanted to write, sort of write this down. This is not exact, but it, it's, he says, if we were to take a microscope and look at your thinking, if we were to take a microscope and analyze the interpreter inside of you, we would have to call Child Protection Service for child abuse. I thought, wow, what a statement. What a statement. 
Think about that. Think about that. How we interpret our thoughts. I'll give you an example. Okay, if I say, <clears throat> you look very nice today. And then you start thinking, well, okay, thank you, but does that mean I didn't look nice yesterday? <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, he's, he's saying I didn't look, I mean, I look nice today, but I didn't look nice yesterday. Okay, that's, what it, that's not what I said, is it? I said, you look very nice. Uh, now, I think we do this with God based on our emotions. God comes along and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But at the moment, I feel forsaken. Okay? So there must be times when God forsakes me, <laughs> forsakes us. You see? There I am interpreting my thoughts. I feel, I feel forsaken, therefore, there must, be issue, there must be a few moments God will forsake you. And God says, that's not what I said. I said, I will, capital, never leave you nor forsake you. That's what I said. You know, I think of the spies entering the promised land. You know, most of those dead, dead beats <laughs> came back with, a, neg with a, a bad interpretation. There was two of them that had a good interpretation of the promised land. But most of them had a bad interpretation. How we interpret our thoughts. Um, so, like I said, to fire your interpreter and hire a new one, a new interpreter, okay, based on God's redemptive power, based, based on faith, hope, love, based on the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that, that are Christ have crucified the, fl the flesh with the affections and lust. In other words, you put to death the negative interpretations of your thoughts. You put them to death. So, I'll leave you with three little simple points here. Try to find humor in your interpretations. Because a lot of it is just downright silly. It's stupid. It's like, why am I, why am I interpreting this, these things like way? Well, why am I looking at it that way? That is downright silly. And laugh at yourself, you know, for such a silly thought of how you interpret these things. Two, don't take your interpreter so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, I think sometimes we can get in trouble with taking ourselves too seriously. And third, if you loved yourself as much as God loves you, you would simply fire your interpreter. <laughs> that, 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 it's always eating away at it. So, one element of faith, how we interpret our thoughts. And with those negative thoughts, we all, again, as I mentioned already, we attach very strong emotions that are negative with those thoughts. So, the word for today is to fire your interpreter, your thought interpreter. All right. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. 
Listen to the podcast. Watch the weekly program. Worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service. And be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.